Hi guys, I am back. Yes, it's been a minute. If you are a regular listener to this podcast, you will remember at the end of September, I said I was taking a break. Originally, I had planned to just take October off, but I ended up taking off until now. Now, when I say take a break, I wasn't completely taking a break. I was really focusing my time on other things. So I did take a break from the podcast, from pretty much all social media, and um, YouTube as well. So today, I am going to talk about the beauty and the power in taking breaks. And it's really about saying no to to something else. A lot of times it's not even you. In this case, it was saying no to me, but a less important part of me at the time. So we're going to talk about saying no, how to say no, the importance of saying no, how to say how to know what to say no to. That's a lot of no's. <laughs> And then I'm also going to give you an update on what I've been doing and where I see the fancy scientist going for this new year in 2022. I love New Year's. It is such an exciting time because there is just so much possibility. Now that's true any time of the year. You can, if you're listening to this in August, you can declare a new year right now and In fact, I use a three-month planner that kind of lets you do that. But it's just a day. But I do love the fact that like we're all on the same page with feeling this energy of a new year. So new year, new version of you, and I am going to empower you today to say no and offer you my experience on how awesome it was to say no to myself and some projects and say yes to other projects. So let's get started with the episode, shall we? Hi, I'm Dr. Stephanie Shuttler, a wildlife biologist who's learned throughout her career studying animals that science alone cannot save species. We need you. In the Fancy Scientist podcast, you'll learn about fun animals, conservation tips, and science advice, all while breaking stereotypes about what a scientist looks like. Let's get started. If you are not watching the YouTube video, I am very pink today. I am wearing my new WWF World Wildlife Foundation pink panda sweatshirt. It's super cute. I got it for Christmas. I love it. I'm going to pause the podcast while my dogs finish their barking. Just one minute. I am back. New year, same dogs. They haven't learned that much. Anyway, I love these sweatshirts. I'm not an affiliate or anything. I just think WWF is a great organization. And every year for Christmas, I ask for one of their t-shirts. This year, I asked for a sweatshirt. And I'm just feeling really pink and bright and lively today. Anyway, so I have been taking a break since October. What caused me to take this break? 
basically, I felt very overwhelmed. I felt like I was doing all the things. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate to me out there. I felt stretched too thin. And in fact, this was something that a lot of people kind of looked up to me for. Like I've had people reach out to me and say things like, you produce so much on a weekly basis. How do you do it? I can talk about that. And I'm working on a better system for doing that. But I was doing too much all at once. And when you do too much all at once, you can't focus your attention on something and do it really well. So the main reason why I took off October, November, and December is because I really wanted to focus on my new project, which is called the Successful Wildlife Professional. This is a hybrid mentoring and online course type program, and it is designed to turn you, no matter what stage you are in your career, of your career, into a successful wildlife professional. I am so proud of this course. I am so excited about the students I have in it. I just enrolled four new students. I am so excited for them. In this course, you do a year of group mentoring with me and I'm still building the course. So I am actually creating webinars every week until May and that will be a year's worth of content. I try to keep these webinars short, 30 minutes or less, so you can absolutely do it in your free time. And it's fun too. It's not like a course. It is not like school, even though I thought school was fun. I liked I liked learning. But it's really about this deep dive into yourself to understand what you want and then preparing yourself for that dream career. And the earlier you start, the more prepared you will be. So I really wanted to focus all my attention on this course because I poured my heart into it and I wanted to give it the attention that it deserves. So that's what I have been doing. And I have just really been focusing on building this program and its structure, figuring out the framework of it. There's three phases the clarity phase, the strategy phase, and the application phase. If you're at all interested in learning more about this program, please reach out to me. You can email me at fancyscientist.com or send me a message on Instagram. You can also join my Facebook group, Getting a Job in Wildlife Biology. That's the name of my book. And reach out to me there through Facebook. Honestly, I'll probably reach out to you too. Anyway, this podcast is not about the program. It's about saying no and then saying yes to yourself. So in this case, like I mentioned in the intro, saying no was saying no to my podcast, saying no to my social media, saying no to YouTube, and 
all of that was me. I was creating content for you guys. It was all stuff that I cared about. It was all stuff that I loved. But when you say when you say yes to something, you are dedicating time to it. I am terrible at saying no, or I have been terrible at saying no. I'm better at saying no now, a lot better, because I grew up to be a people pleaser. And I think this is really common, especially if you're a girl growing up. We are kind of culturally taught to people please, to say yes, to not disappoint people. So saying yes to things is something that came pretty easily to me, but also something that I wanted to do. In fact, for the longest time, for the question I would get on job interviews about my greatest weakness, I would often say something along the lines of saying yes to too many things. And the truth was that I actually was really excited about all these different projects that I got invited into. But the more things that you say yes to, the thinner you spread yourself, the less time you have for each project, and the worse you are going to perform at each project. Even worse than that, than performing badly, is when you become bitter towards the project or resentful for the project because you're not taking care of yourself. You're not replenishing yourself through sleep, through good self-care, through other things you enjoy doing that are not related to work. And then a project that you actually loved, you end up not liking at all because you're just giving too much of yourself. So that actually, I think, is one of the worst consequences that can come from this because you originally came from a place of joy and love for the project. That's why you likely said yes to it in the first place. So for me, saying no to the podcast, saying no to YouTube and everything else was really hard for me. Oh, my newsletters too. That's another thing that I stopped. It was really hard for me because those were all things that I really enjoyed doing. But I was really happy that I did it because I was able to focus this time on my program and building it up and then also myself as well. If you are feeling like I was overwhelmed, out of control, and you know you have to say no to something or you really want to say no to something, but you don't know what, in this podcast, I'm going to cover how to do that, how to help you to determine what to say no to. I also want to reiterate that just because you say no doesn't mean no forever. It could mean just a no for right now. For example, this podcast, I am saying yes to it again right now. It didn't completely disappear. It was here for me now that I am back. And I just also want to say something that that also gave me permission to say no was I follow these two really successful entrepreneurs. They have multi-million dollar companies. They have teams. The latest I heard, one of them has a team of 20. And they both took major pauses in their podcast because one was developing on her program. She was she was revamping it. And the other went through some major life changes, like a divorce. He eventually lost his father. 
So that also gave me permission to put things on pause and take care of myself. I too am going through a divorce. I separated from my husband. So I am dealing with a lot of things that I normally don't have to deal with in life. So just because you're saying no for right now, does, excuse me, doesn't mean you can't say yes later on. And another fear that people have, especially when it comes to social media, is that if you put this pause on stuff, that you will disappear. And that's not true. My Instagram, it's been doing fantastic. I picked up just where I left off. I am still getting people following me. I am still getting engagement. Maybe it's less than before, but you know what? It's worth it. And I can't even tell you if it is less than before. I don't notice a difference. I'm just saying like maybe technically it was less than before. Maybe there is real truth to that, but I'm letting you know that I did not know a difference. Notice. If you, therefore, are feeling overwhelmed, need some permission, I am giving you permission to say no, to put things on hold. Okay, so how do you know what to say no to? So the first way, so if you're if you're presented with like an original idea, so say somebody invites you to join a project or a new idea to you or a new a new project, a new program, something, and you're trying to figure out if you should do it. I learned this from Tim Ferriss. If you haven't read the Four Hour Work Week, I highly recommend it. I love it. It's one of my favorite books. But he suggests, I can't remember if this is in the book or if I learned this from his podcast. But use use your gut, use your intuition, and what is that little voice in you saying? If I were to ask you the question, I'll use myself. Hey, Stephanie, do you want to join this, this new program? What is your self-whispering? Is it a F yes? I don't know if I want to put explicit lyrics in my podcast. So he uses the F word yes. So let's say heck yes. So the heck yes is like, yeah, I'm all in. I want to do it. Or is it a, yeah, I think so. Or okay. Like any of those weaker forms of yes is a no. So he says it's either an F yes or a no. If it's not an F yes, then it's a no. And Tim Ferriss actually got it from someone else. So listen to yourself, listen to your intuition, listen to that little voice speaking inside of you. Are you super duper excited about it? Is this thing a game changer for you? Is this something you've always wanted to do or something that sounds like a irreplaceable opportunity? Then go for it. One of the mantras or affirmations I like to use, I learned this from Catherine's is and because because like a lot of times when you when you hear that like well how do I decide too if it's like a once in a lifetime opportunity, I believe in abundance. That's or that's what I'm teaching myself to believe. I don't naturally come like that, or I wasn't naturally raised like that. And in fact, abundance is my word for 2022. I am so excited about that. But one of the things that I, one of the affirmations I like to use is opportunities are a dime a dozen. They come to me all the time. So if you believe that, if that is in your vernacular, then you will also be able to say no more easily. Okay, so now some more practical ways of, howing, how, of knowing how to say no. One of my favorite things to do is to make a chart. So it has four different boxes. And 
you put the things that you have to do or are supposed to do or want to do. I'm also, I also want to get rid of the word half and should and try. Our language is really important. How we talk to ourselves is really important. And there's just a lot of power in language. If you say I have to do something, it, so- it doesn't sound fun. It doesn't sound like you are empowering yourself. But if you say I want to do something, I choose to do something, that is much more empowering. So in these four columns or these four boxes, you're going to have time sensitive, high priority, high priority, not time sensitive, low priority, time sensitive, low priority, not time sensitive. And with all of the things on your plate, you're going to arrange them into those different categories. So time sensitive is is something that has a hard deadline that you can't change. If you are applying for a grant or graduate school, there are deadlines you have to meet that is time sensitive. Emails are time sensitive sometimes. If um, you need to respond before a meeting or something like that, that can be time sensitive. And then the prioritization thing is is a little bit harder to determine, but you really want to think about what are the things that are going to move the needle in terms of where you want to go. For example, and this is why figuring out what you want to do is so, so important. And this is the the central premise of my theme in my class and my past programs as well is figuring out what you want to do so that you can determine those priorities. For me, I was never interested in becoming a professor. So even though I really enjoyed being a teaching assistant and and teaching in the laboratories that I did in graduate school, I knew it was not a high priority for me because it wasn't going to help me get the jobs that I wanted. Therefore, it would have been a lower priority. I mean, it's still, it was important. I didn't want to do a bad job at it, but I couldn't put the emphasis on it like I could for my dissertation and my research. So spend some time just like like vomiting everything that you have to do. If you want a great app, I started using Todoist, T-O-D-O-I-S-T dot com. And I also use it kind of as like a brain dump for like when I think of something I have to do, I put it on there and I eventually will go back and revisit it. But you can also set deadlines for yourself. So you can do this on paper, you can do it on Todoist, but I recommend doing these boxes to help you figure out your high priorities, timely things, and high priority, not timely things. Then what you want to do with your list is evaluate. So I work with a coach. She is awesome. And she shared with me a not-to-do list. And she mentioned, I'm going to read, I'm going to read off the things that inclu- were included in the not-to-do list. And to filter out the things, you can, so I'm kind of doing this backwards, but to filter out the things from your to-do list and remove things that you really don't have to do. So do you have things on your list that are, outside of your control that you you don't need to control what takes your time so these are just some 
labels that you can use to help you organize your your to-do and not to-do list. You might have two. What are things that you don't trust anyone else to do? Those would then, I mean, not necessarily high priority, but I would say they would tend to be high priority if you can't trust anyone else to do them. And this is something I'm adding, but see if you can let go of control. So can you delegate it to somebody else? Maybe you don't have anyone working underneath you. Can you hire someone? And you can hire virtual assistants from all over the world. You don't have to be a business to do this. You can hire somebody for as little as $3 an hour in another country to help you do things. If you are a graduate student, you can find undergraduates who are willing to work with you on your research, who can help you, and you guys can then work together and work on publications or give them a piece of your research to present on a poster. So think about delegating or delegating to other people if you are on a scientific paper. Can you delegate different sections to different people? I worked with this one professor and he said that he learned to to get people to work for him. I mean, this sounds kind of bad, but it's really it's really an efficient way to work, but get people to work for him while he sleeps. So in other words, while he's doing other things, have people people work with him to advance his projects and so you're so and this is where I love the science because now that I've transferred into or, or yeah transferred into an entrepreneur entrepreneurial role I have noticed that there are so many similarities between science and entrepreneurs because a scientist is managing their lab managing their research entrepreneurs are managing their business so so much that I've learned in the entrepreneurial world has really applied to my job as a scientist and one thing that I learned that scientists didn't learn how to do and were terrible at doing was delegating. They didn't learn how to be good managers. They didn't learn, like, like when we think of working well with teams, we think of like working well with others, but they didn't learn how to work well with teams in terms of like delegating responsibilities and like having different people responsible for different parts. In fact, in grad school, you're pretty much taught to like do everything yourself, whereas I believe we should transition from that to teaching students how to work with people who can do the things that they're not specialized in. For example, statistics. That was a pet peeve of mine. Okay, is there something that somebody else could do, but you're still holding on to control? Can you can you let go of that control? Is there something that you are doing that is somebody else's responsibility? If so, why are you doing that? That should be on your not-to-do list. So, so get that out. Look at, look at what you have on your to-do list and see what is on there that is really somebody else's responsibility. For example, here's a great example. Going back to the teaching assistant. If you're a teaching assistant, a graduate student, that means that you are working for a professor. You are teaching their labs. One of my professor friends was talking about her students spending their time 
wanting to improve the, the labs of the course that they were teaching. That is the professor's responsibility. That's not their responsibility. And while it is certainly a nice thing to do, unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess it's not unfortunate that they have other responsibilities, but their main job as a graduate student is their research and to publish paper and to learn things. So they that's something on their list that they have added to do that is really somebody else's responsibility. And then what doesn't need to be done at all? Are you making up things that that don't need to be done? I mean, that could actually fit into, or the last example could fit into this category as well. Maybe the students are going to work on this and then the professor's like, no, I don't want this to be done. Even if it does, if, even if it is good work, I don't know, maybe they won't be receptive of it. What what are you doing extra in your day that, that really doesn't need to be done? I mean, can, can you just eliminate some things. Let me try to think of an example. Doing laundry every week. I don't do laundry every week. In fact, I bought enough socks and underwear that I can last two, probably three weeks. So that's something I just do it all at once and save my time. So what is there, is it, but that's still something you have to do. I'm trying to think of like, there's something that you don't have to do at all. I'm trying to think of an example of something that I completely gave up doing. Maybe it'll come to me. But again, this is just a time to critically evaluate. Oh, I know. So for right now with working on my program and just really building my following, my audience, my students for my, something I didn't need to do was TikTok. And I joined TikTok because of the FOMO. I felt the pressure to join. I didn't want to miss out on followers, on growth. But working with my coach, they recommended that I focus on a single platform to really focus again to say yes to something and no to the other things. So I dropped TikTok, although secretly I want to go back on it. So we will see if that happens this year for 2022. Okay, so do this exercise, see what you can say no to, what you can put on pause, and then you are saying yes to other areas of your life. So I just wanted to take a minute to talk about what I am working on in 2022, what can you expect from the fancy scientist. It has taken me a lot of reflection to figure out what I really want from my business, where I really want to go. I keep bouncing around with ideas because I am so passionate about the career mentoring thing, but I am also so passionate about wildlife and conservation. So 2022, I'm going to continue to work on my successful wildlife professional program, finish that out, keep enrolling students, and I have some exciting news. I was invited to write a kid's book about planet Earth. So I am super excited about that. That's something I just found out today. I am super happy about. I have always wanted to write a kid's book. So this will give me the opportunity to have that experience. And what I suspect will happen is that I will continue to write children's books because I did a writing sample for this publisher and I had so much fun doing it that I'm probably going to write my own after this experience. 
What else I am doing is I'm just really working on getting my audience all together in a place where we can discuss careers, where we can build community. So I'm growing my Facebook group, getting a job in wildlife biology, what it's like and what you need to know. This is uh, um, taking after my book and I am posting in there every single day. I am posting daily affirmations so you can get some inspiration. You can learn some things to start staying to yourself to make yourself more um, successful. I'll be posting jobs, motivational quotes. We are going to introduce new people every Monday so that you can learn about um, other people in your community, make friends. We will be featuring different scientists and other wildlife professionals on Friday. So it is really fun. Come join that Facebook group. I am, and then the last thing I really want to work on that I haven't had a chance to, honestly, all last year, or for the most of last year, I dabbled a little bit in it, is honestly my science. This is my full-time job now. I decided to start my own business because I wanted autonomy to say what I want, to do what I want. Because if I were working with an organization, I would have to be careful about what I say and what kind of advice I give. As, as a government employee, I would be restricted from saying certain things. As a university employee, I, I would be encouraged to say certain things or not encouraged to say things. So I really want to be able to give you guys the real deal on what science is like, what science careers are like. And honestly, I'm just an opinionated person and I just want to be unfiltered. So the so I so I am working on these online programs, the group mentoring, but I also want to work on my manuscripts that I started, my research that I started and my postdocs at the Museum of Natural Sciences here in North Carolina and finish those projects. I have quite a few. I want to say at least six or seven. So that's something I really want to get back to this year and to get those publications out there because I still love science. I still love being a wildlife biologist. I am still part of the museum. I'm I'm associated with the museum. And I also am a part of Wildlife Insights, which um, I love. It's a camera trapping organization initiative it's a collective between a bunch of different all the major not all the major conservation organizations so i really want to get back into getting those manuscripts out getting that science out there you may have remembered last year that i started a nature program for kids that is something that i also put on pause but I am testing, I'm going to be testing it out this year with some kids and it will be back, I think, next year. This is going to be my experimental year of trying out different lesson plans with real kids, seeing how things go, get input from them. So again, I am putting some things on pause and or in slow motion and then going to be ramping them up. So all of the things that I want to do will come in time. Um, we just all have to be patient. I probably am the person who has to be the most patient because I just get so excited about these things that I want them all out there. So that is what I am up to this year. 
I have lots of goals. I have lots of things that I am looking to cultivate this year, manifest this year. I would love to hear from you. What are you looking to do in 2022? I don't really make resolutions. I do more manifestations. So I visualize what I want and I, I take the actions to make that happen. But one resolution I will share with you that I made is I am really becoming serious about being vegan. For um, the past few years, I have been eating mostly vegan, but I do eat fish. This year, I want to eat vegan at home. And I have been really enjoying it so far. Honestly, I I like the way it feels. It really resonates with my body. I had to I I did an autoimmune diet in 2020 to figure out some health problems I was having. I ate meat every day in that diet because you just don't have that many options. And while I did figure out my health problem, coffee was my issue. I am so happy to be eating plant-based and and yeah, I'm just excited and I'm gonna be creating new meals. I already started over the holidays. I got out my favorite vegan cookbook, The Veganomicon, and I made, I think, three different new recipes. So I am, I am, telling myself I am scheduling a date with myself to do a recipe every week, a new recipe every week to try and um, I'm going to have a lot of fun doing it. So those are some other things I might be sharing on the podcast and on YouTube. If you guys are interested, let me know if you want more of that. I am always looking for your feedback. So thank you guys so much for tuning in again, for being patient, for being there for me. And I really hope you take this time to reflect on what you need. I give you permission to say no, to take time for yourself, and to really focus on what you truly want in life. Thank you, guys. Bye. I hope you have an amazing day. If you liked this episode, care about wildlife, care about conservation, or know somebody who is interested in going into wildlife biology careers, please share this episode. You can also rate and review my podcast that really helps people find it. My goal is to spread messages of conservation and kindness for wildlife and to help people navigate wildlife biology careers. Rating and reviewing my podcast really helps other people find it. If you have questions or show ideas, you can find me at fancyscientist.com. My social media handles are at fancyscientist. On Instagram, there's an underscore between fancy and scientist. You can also send an email to hello at fancyscientist.com. If you're an aspiring wildlife biologist, ecologist, or zoologist, you can join me every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Facebook Live, where I answer different career questions. You can also ask me questions on the spot. I'm here for you. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. I am so grateful for you. I hope you have an amazing day. Be kind to animals and be kind to each other.